man, you know, we just got to stand up in our lives and face what scares us, you know, and if we face what scares us, I guarantee there's greener pastures on the other side. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This is Lit and Lucid, your after work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid, and we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back, consume your favorite cannabis products, and get cozy, cozy in the, the lit and lucid, lucid lifestyle. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode of the show. Today, you guys, we have a very special friend on. We have Philip Wolf. He is the co-founder and president of the Cannabis Wedding Expo, which is an elegantly curated wedding expo with a cannabis twist. With scheduled events this year in Las Vegas, Denver, Boston, and future events to be held in Toronto, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, I'm super excited to have Phil on the show today to talk to us about all things cannabis and weddings. Those are some of my favorite topics. Um, I actually got to be a part of one of the first cannabis wedding expos here in Denver a few years ago. So this is fun, super full circle for me, and I'm just really glad to have you on the show. Yay! It's so good to be here, and it's so good to see um, you too, Lucy and Jared. I mean, gosh, it's I feel like you know we've we've been you know coming full circle for a few years now. You know, yeah. with uh, the cannabis family that we have here in Colorado, it's such a beautiful family that we have here, and it's so lovely to see how much you've grown the podcast and some of your other work since we last spoke. Totally. Yeah. And we're stoked to have you back on. And the last time we spoke was, was pretty unfortunate. We had a whole show recorded. We had everything down. You had expos lined up and then COVID hit and took it all away. Yeah. And then we never aired it and we never even got a, to share the message. And so that was a big bummer for us because we we're like, you know, you're a local, we're family. Lucy was a part of one of the first ones you did. And it really was like close to home, man. But COVID, yeah. COVID wrecked a lot of stuff for everybody. So we're happy to see you survive COVID. Expos are back on. You're back with us. Yes, 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 yes. We are here. <laughs> we're here. Why we're here? And why COVID wrecked a lot of things? It also brought a lot of gifts to us, you know. And um, you know, while acknowledging you know the suffering that people have had from it and how unfortunate it was and and still is, you know, um, really trying to focus on some of the the beautiful aspects of it. That is so true. Yeah, I think it's really, yeah, I think it's really changed a lot of people's perspectives on a lot of things and made us all kind of reevaluate our priorities in life and kind of look at a lot of things differently. And, and I know we got a lot of little tidbits we're going to sprinkle in throughout the show of, of some of these lessons that that COVID have kind of taught us and brought us into life and how it's changed. And so happy to Mm -hmm. get into that later. We always start the show with a simple question of asking, are you a cannabis consumer? But as I stare at you, I see you with a lighter in your hand. And I feel like you're about to light up, a, light something up. So that's a given, man. So we gotta, we gotta go to our, our plan B now, which is, you know, when did when did cannabis become a part of your journey? Yeah, you know, I was introduced to cannabis. I mean, the first time I consumed was 12 years old. You know, I think I was in seventh grade, which is super young, and. Um, I was a very curious kid and was just around a lot of the skateboarding scene growing up. And so I was around a lot of older kids at the time and it was just, um, brought into my world and 
you know, it's wild to understand how I consumed cannabis back then and how I consume cannabis now, you know, and the purpose of it. And in some weird way, I feel like that my subconscious brought cannabis into my life at a young age because I was probably dealing with some sort of traumas or dealing with something that it was being used as a medicine subconsciously, even though I was not using it with that intention whatsoever mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I like yeah. that perspective too. I don't know if we've ever heard that before of like most people do just talk about it and, and most might still be like blinded by the fact that they were using it as a young age to cope maybe. Um, and that's one of the biggest arguments for cannabis use is like, is it, you know, cause or effect, you know, is it the cause of things or is it like an effect of things? And I've always leaned on the effect or that isn't an effect, you know, people, people use cannabis because of something else, not, you know, they don't like lose their fucking mind because they're smoking weed. Like they're using cannabis to get their mind back. Yeah. Yeah. You can. And so many different, you, you can use it in that way. You know, obviously, you know, I do a lot of, you know, we're going to chat about the cannabis wedding expo, but with what I do with cultivating spirits and the cannabis dinners, you know, I've served over 2,500 people cannabis in intimate settings. And so to see, um, you know, people having awareness around intentionality behind cannabis use really just blows their minds. And why they had kind of a singular purpose, I wouldn't say singular, but let's say limited purpose in what they used cannabis for, you bring an intentionality into when you're consuming every day. And all of a sudden you can see their mind explode with all of these other opportunities and how cannabis can enhance certain things in their life, but also get awareness of when things, when cannabis might not serve that as well, you know? And I think that's really important as we continue down um, the road of, of legalization and inviting new consumers into this, into, um, you know, the cannabis world to be able to, you know, understand that cannabis almost has limitless potential based on the person's makeup and who they are um, with their mindset um, and how cannabis can affect their day-to-day life. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit more. You've been noted as one of the pioneers in the cannabis hospitality, you know, field. And I know you've been doing a lot of things over the past 10 plus years in terms of cannabis and hospitality. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about that journey? Yeah. So I got, I opened up medical dispensaries in Colorado in 2009. And then I was a cultivation consultant, um, for five years after that. And, um, my background comes from working with the plant. And then as we were gearing up for legalization in Colorado recreational use, um, I got my, I got my mind opened up to the insulary side of the industry that was coming down the pipeline that I didn't have the ability to see when I was just in the production and distribution side of things. And one of the things we started off was a tourism company back then. It was the second tourism company behind my 420 tours, which is the first. And I saw the opportunity to interact with people and their consuming. And the point of consumption is a barrier for the majority of plant touching companies because of the social consumption laws or lack of laws. And so how many brands are there that have actually never used the product with their consumer. Mm -hmm. And so 
as a lot of us may think this, you know, I don't want to speak for you all, but I can speak for myself. You know, I didn't really like where the industry was headed with a lot of the players that were coming in and what their goals were. And so I saw an opportunity to really help shape consumerism through the hospitality and event segments. And I feel like if we can help shape their experience um, while they're consuming and be with them, then all of a sudden we have the ability to open up their mind into the limitless potential of the plant, um, but also, you know, some deeper meanings of the plant, you know, and what the plant can teach us within our own lives, mm -hmm. uh, not even necessarily with, with just directly consuming that. And so it was a way that really called to me because I saw people's minds open up in so many different ways from serving cannabis to people. Um, but I also felt like I could help influence the bigger corporations that were coming into the industry because if we could help shape consumerism and where money's going, then I feel like the companies are going to follow that mm -hmm. instead of the companies that don't know cannabis coming up with marketing plans that don't highlight the limitless potential of the plant. And therefore people are consuming cannabis in more of a habitual way instead of maybe a ritualistic way mm -hmm. or um, a way in which they know can serve them more than just happy days and sleepy nights, mm -hmm. right? Which I feel like is a lot of the simple ways that cannabis is marketed, which does have its perks to it. And it's not all bad, but, you know, I, I want to expand on that. And so cannabis hospitality to me was the way we could change the world because we can change people's relationship with cannabis. And if I, I truly believe if people have more awareness around their relationship with cannabis, then they're going to become closer to themselves. And if people more, come more in touch with themselves, then they're going to become in, more in touch with the world around them. And that's what I believe we have the opportunity through cannabis hospitality to do oh is that right there. I love that. That like spoke so deeply to me. Um, I, I teach cannabis yoga classes and like that was ex what you just said was exactly what it is. Like you're able to like actually help them through the experience and feel things in a different way and have a closer relationship to the plant versus just being like, hey, like just go smoke your joint, like whatever. It's much mm -hmm. more educational and purposeful. I'm even mm. thinking about, you know, when we went to like that cannabis dinner party, like there wasn't like education to it, but it was like a deeper connection and like community and a different aspect than just, you know, smoking a joint and eating dinner at your house. Yeah. And yeah. so it's a yeah. much different experience. Well, I th yeah. Well, and I, and I feel like well, wait till you Oh, go ahead, Jared. Sorry. I was going to say, I feel like part of that too, was you just kind of getting ahead of the curve too, because I really like what you're saying here and that essentially just like the status quo of cannabis and a part of that stigma and part of the propaganda that we've all been fed for 20 years is essentially kind of already part of some of these corporate companies. And they're just almost using these same stoner stereotypes to push the cannabis. And then that's not correct, though. And what you're yeah. trying to do is basically reestablish what a relationship with cannabis looks like and then show people that you know, you, it doesn't have to be like you smoke at a joint in a back alley behind a trash can hiding out. It could be like you know, out in an open at a bar or like at an event with people like chilling with your friends, smoking a joint, drinking a cannabis infused beverage or something or, you know, eating like fine chocolates. And those weren't mm -hmm. things that, 
you know, are necessarily in everyday consumer's life. It's And so somebody has to do it, really. And it, it's beautiful of you to like think <laughs> of it so for beautiful. one, to try to change the conversation and not just the conversation, but like the experience around cannabis. Absolutely. You know, because the experience can be whatever the consumer wants it to be, depending on where their mind is at. You know, cannabis is going to you know, through proprioception of kind of the sixth sense feeling or hyper priming, which is where creative thought comes from, you know, depending on the makeup of the person, you can take it anywhere, Mm -hmm. anywhere. And whenever I think about experience, you know, if you're going to go out dining, it's about the food first and then the cannabis, you know, and, and that's the important part of it. And so, to just have it as like an accoutrement to other experiences, you know, it's just a part of it. And it's just a little piece of it and how that can change it and and switch it up is, um, again, uh, abundant. That's so true. I mean, you know, and everybody, I feel like is getting tired of this kind of comparison, but, um, you know, a lot of this has already been done with liquor in some ways. I mean, alcohol has almost infused itself into every facet of modern day life. And it's kind of sad in some regards. We're not big alcohol consumers. And so we we look at it and a lot of times it's in a bitter sense of like, why can't cannabis be like that? But I think that yeah. we're still in the midst of making cannabis like that. And, and then people like yourself have to put in the work to show people what's possible and, and create things and, and show them what's next. And I think this is really just in the works of, in a way, making cannabis like mainstream, you know, yeah. of making it yeah. just where people can be creative and do whatever the hell they want with cannabis and incorporate it into yeah. daily life. But as we make it mainstream, it is crucial that we don't allow the plant to lose its essence and why it's mm-hmm. here to serve yeah. everybody. Yep. There we go. And so that's why it's important, you know, for Lucy's yoga classes and for, you know, the Lit Lucid podcast and for Cultivating Spirits and Cannabis Wedding Expo, because we're helping driving those people's experiences that are ultimately going to shape how cannabis is perceived. And so um, it's extremely important for, um, you know, we can call ourselves small players because we're not big corporations, right? We're not big money. And so it's important for us to stay true to what we are doing um, as cannabis popularizes because cannabis will be included in modern life greater than alcohol is at some point because, you know, no one's drinking alcohol and going to yoga classes, you know, Um, no one's drinking alcohol and going to do a cold dip like I just did, you know? Um, But People are, you know, smoking cannabis and going to dinner or smoking cannabis and going to a concert or smoking cannabis and going to a sporting event or, you know, it it, it fits everything that alcohol fits. But then, you know, probably triples with what you could do, you know, journaling. I mean, gosh, all of these things. So, um, you know, go rub like a a beer salve on your arm to to relieve some pain. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, I do. You know, people called me a cannabis sommelier for so many years, and I'm actually trying to get away from that term because it puts us on the level of alcohol and we need to be far beyond it. Mm-hmm. The work that I do is more important than a work than a wine sommelier does. And, um, you know, that might be egotistical to say, but I truly believe it. I truly believe what I teach people through my dinners is going to serve their life more than understanding wine. Now, there's aspects of understanding why wine and terroir and they can bring it back to the land and nutrients, which is really beautiful, you know, when other, when wine sommeliers do that, you know, but 
in essence, I truly believe our work that we're doing as cannabis education is way more important than, um, you know, alcohol educators, not to put down their work because it's, it's a wonderful experience that feeds to the vibrancy of our world. But at the same time, you know, we need to start speaking up for ourselves and say, hey, you know, our seat at the table is more important. No offense. <laughs> yeah. I think there's some validity to that. And that's also something that I don't think it's touched on enough. But I think part of what you're mentioning here is almost like the collective consciousness that goes along with cannabis of mm. just being more aware. And maybe there's, you know, the spirituality aspect of it or, or the, you know, the esoteric aspect of it. Or you don't have that with alcohol. You don't have like a ritualistic aspect with alcohol or like this greater sense of purpose with alcohol. I mean, alcohol is alcohol and like it's kind of trashy. It's kind of messy sometimes. And, you know, people have tried to attach that stigma to cannabis, well, but it's really not. It's really more of like a, a really like a, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like our, a universal kind of thing. Well, getting back to the relationships, our relationship to alcohol is awful. Yeah. Alcohol at its core sense isn't necessarily bad. You know, our relationship and our abuse of it is awful. And that stems from, you know, a culture in the United States that is, um, you know, very abusive to our resources, you know, and we, that's just, that's just, that's just the fact, you know, I'm not trying to put anyone down. I'm just trying to recognize some of the pain points that we're at so we can actually address it, you know? And, um, and so that's part of the problem with alcohol. You know, I stopped, I'll, I'll still drink and trust me, I love a good glass of red wine, you know, a good Merlot. And I love, um, some good tequila. Like, I mean, I love it. And, um, you know, but I maybe drink once a month and I can't even tell you the last time I actually felt drunk right now. And, um, that all, that all stopped, um, or really changed whenever someone was like, Hey, you know, there's drinking and driving you can get in car wrecks, you know, there's, you know, fights that happen outside of bars. And I'm like, all right, that's all kind of, you know, we bring that on ourselves a little bit. But then they were like, how many children do you think get beat a year because of alcohol? And I was wow. just like, whoa, whoa, that really took it to another level for me. Yep. It absolutely did. And I have no idea what that number is, but I'm sure it's, um, you know, tens of thousands of more kids, if not hundreds of thousands of more kids um, than it needs to be. Yep. Isn't there that list so, of drugs where alcohol is quite literally like the number one, like most dangerous drug in, or substance in the world? And it's even higher than... You just brought that up the other day. It was yeah, higher than heroin. Higher than heroin and all these other things wow. that we think are like bad. But <laughs> when they collect, they take in those like collective little data points of like all the different things that alcohol touches and causes problems with. Alcohol is the most dangerous and harmful substance on our planet. Wow. Wow. But, it's, but then, well, but then you wouldn't know that if you went and watched the nightly news or like ESPN or something like there's alcohol commercials every single time. You wouldn't know that. You wouldn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't know it. Well, we'll get this switch at some point. And, <laughs> and this is why cannabis can be so important at weddings because it gives people the options. And that's one of the advocacy points of what I wanted to build with the cannabis wedding expo was the ability to, um, popularize options for people at social events so they can start choosing what works for them where before the only option was alcohol, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, screw it. I'm going to, you know, have a glass of wine. And, you know, it's easy once you have one or two to have, you know, three or four more. We've all been there. Yeah. Huh. 
Well, let's, so, let's, let's dive in. So, you know, yeah. I've been excited for this wedding expo since I saw you guys release the date. Like it's my birthday month and I've planned everything around this expo, hey. I swear. <laughs> so, super excited. So tell the listeners a little bit more about what they can expect from an expo. Yeah, so we have the Cannabis Wedding Expos coming up in Vegas, Denver, and Boston. Um, Vegas is the end of August, um, Denver's beginning of October, and Boston's the beginning of November. And it's a boutique expo that's very approachable. And so I recommend that if you have someone and your family members, you know, who might not be so about cannabis or understand the culture, this is a perfect show uh, or experience to bring them to because it is boutique. It is approachable in the sense that we do all tabletop booths. And so it's not like you're walking into someone's space. You know, you do have that ability to, um, you know, easily browse or dive, dive deep into conversation with um, somebody. Mm -hmm. And all we have vendors that range from traditional weddings, so bridal grounds, um, floral, which some of the floral artists will have cannabis in the floral art, um, you know, jewelry, which some of it will be cannabis jewelry, but regular as well. Um, you know, and then friendly services such as, you know, venues and transportation and stuff and, um, hair and makeup artists who don't mind if you consume some cannabis while you're getting ready. And, um, nice. yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's important. It's yeah. awkward for a bride who wants to smoke a joint with her girls before the wedding to like, Hey, are you good? If we smoke a joint beforehand, <laughs> I mean, it's just an awkward conversation, awkward. you know, as someone who's had a million awkward conversations in this <laughs> industry with how many ass and the companies I've approached throughout my life, you know, um, you know, I'm sure the majority of brides don't want to do that. So it's really important, but then you have so many fun new services that are, happening you know you have your bud bars um that are coming out you'll have your um you know you'll have your wedding planners you'll have you know unique smoking devices um you'll have very beautified smoking devices um that are out there you'll have um you know creative art pieces that people are coming up with um you know and also just like fun games and stuff like that that people will come and show you like hey you can actually you know, do bowling at your wedding. Like who thought of that, you know, and but right. there's services for that. And we've had them at the wedding expo before. Um, but I also feel like it's a way that, you know, why it is a shopping experience. It's also feels like an event, which I think you two can contest mm -hmm. to is that, you know, we're giving out free food. We have mocktails that people are trying. We have we have a fashion show with wandering brides that Lucy doesn't know anything about. And, uh, <laughs> we have, um, you know, we'll have photo booths that are out. We have live musicians who are playing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not even listing of all the little perks, gift bags that you get, um, you know? And so for $14 yeah. to come to the show, I mean, you're going to make that up in food and mocktails and gift bags and handouts, you know, right. Um, right away. And so, you know, I think people come there for the socializing aspect of it as well. Yeah. You guys, it's so beautiful. Like even the venue is amazing in, where's it? Lakewood. Yeah. It's in Lakewood. It's so yeah. pretty. And like you said, it's $14, you guys, like you can't go to any cannabis expo for 14 bucks. And like, this is the best one. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. So the Denver one that we're doing 
is the Baldoria on the water, and it is just a stunning, stunning uh, wedding venue oh, that wow. we're going to be at. And it has a um, it has a pond out back with a big fountain in it. Um, it has this very like brick motif to it, and these different rooms. So you kind of wander the space, and you know different surprises will come out in the different rooms. And um, you know, Foria is one of our main sponsors, and so I've heard of some of the activations that they want to do, which is oh, really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, in Vegas, we're going to be doing that at the Emerald at Queens Ridge, which is a beautiful wedding venue out by Red Rocks. Um, and it is just a huge, just beautiful ballroom, essentially, with a gorgeous outdoor kind of garden area um, that's out there. And then Boston, we're doing it at the Sheridan Commander again, which is where we did it in t- 2019. And um, it's right in Harvard Square. So it's like oh, nice. literally right where George Washington, um, you know, gave some of his speeches, you know, <laughs> whenever he was going through the Revolutionary War, Holy you know, God. which is just like, you know, so it just it feel it's very historic, you know, and very beautiful. And it's an iconic property out there. And so which um, I feel like really fits kind of the Boston um, legacy. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to that yeah. too. I mean, so what is like the reception like to these communities? I I'll mean, now. A free ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're down, down to go to Boston. Jared wants fun. to go to Boston. I, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, been. No, no, Sounds November beautiful. November 7th. November 7th. Oh, I'm so wow. down. Yeah, we'll have the cannabis community out there. So um, yeah, the I'm, Boston cannabis community is great. It's a great community out there. People very, very close knit group of people and, it, and it's still small there's a lot of growth that's happening and so it's an exciting time so i hope you two can come out to boston that would be fun so i was asking yeah. like what is and especially like in a town like boston that is so historic and, and notoriously you know the east coast has been hard on cannabis and it's been a little slow towards legalization and boston was one of the first to offer recreational uh, you know what yeah. is the reception like out there for something like like an event like this that isn't so much focused on you know, these, these kind of stoner esque, you know, stigmatized culture things. It's something that's Mm -hmm. new. It's like a whole new thing that maybe people haven't thought of. Like what is, Mm -hmm. what are people's thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Well, I'll approach it from the consumer side and the industry side and then the business side of things. Um, uh, from the community side, we were so well received, um, going out to Boston and people were so thankful because, you know, out in Boston, they see the West Coast cannabis culture, but the East Coast cannabis culture has been underground for so long, right? And especially out of New York and stuff like that, which we'll see how that, um, you know, shapes up over the next few years with so much legalization going on in the East Coast. But they were just um, grateful to see a West Coast company huh. coming out to the East Coast and bringing our experience, you know, our, our nuggets of culture um, out to the East coast to collaborate with them, you know, and to not only show them what we've been doing out West for gosh, I mean, five, six years now with just the cannabis wedding expo, obviously longer and other aspects. Um, but also eager to show us, you know, what they're all about, you know, and there's just a lot of brilliant minds, a lot of motivated people, a lot of, um, eager entrepreneurs out there, that are, you know, making waves out there. And it's really, it's fascinating to see. And, um, you know, and, and also really like a lot of education, you know, I mean, gosh, Massachusetts, I think has one of the most like in Boston, that area, like one of the most highest capitals of, uh, uh, colleges. Um, and so I think, you know, 
to see such a focus on education and more of the traditional sense really kind of shocked me while I was out there as well. And I think is going to be, you know, kind of an epicenter for, let's say traditional, again, traditional education coming in the cannabis space and really having the East coast pioneer that. Um, and when I say pioneer, maybe just lead that way more so. Um, and, and so the, yeah, so it's really beautiful and, and just so well received whenever we are out there. And then, but it was interesting on the business side of things Our when we were out there originally, we booked a venue, we were super stoked. We had our down payment in, um, and everything like that. And then like a month before, or maybe a month and a half before the event, we get an email and they totally basically, um, destroyed our contact and said, you can't produce the event here. And they got super afraid because there's an alcohol license, even though there's no alcohol that's being served at what we're doing and there's no consumption on site. And so we know that there was nothing illegal going on or jeopardization of what they were doing, but they were so fearful. And to come to find out, a woman in the ownership group of that company is actually invested in the cannabis. So it even <laughs> felt like a little bit more of a sting where I was like, wow, how come she's not like sticking up for us for this? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's all, it's all water under the bridge. Now we ended up at the Sheridan commander, which was a better venue and ended up being a better experience. But you know, it was, um, it, it, people are still very fearful of yeah. it you know, from the business side of things out there. And, um, you know, it has been 18, 19 months since we were in Boston. Obviously we couldn't do the 2020 Boston show because of COVID. And so it'll be interesting to see the growth that they've taken in regards to acceptance from mainstream businesses, you know, because now you see it in Colorado as you've seen the, the growth of the acceptance from businesses no one cares now. Yeah. yeah. Nobody really cares. You know, like no one's afraid to do business with you because you're in cannabis anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even yeah. really tell people anymore, but I remember even when Lucy and I first started this whole thing, it was like hard for just to get t-shirts. We had t-shirt printers telling us like, we don't do cannabis stuff here. And it was like, it's a t-shirt, man. Like, what do you mean? You can't take that illegal money. We can't take yeah. that money. It was just so crazy. Now it's like not even, nobody cares. You're right. <laughs> Well, let's expand on kind of Jared's question and a little bit more. Like, why did you feel the need to create this expo and to incorporate cannabis into weddings? Like, what is the core essence of that purpose? Yeah. So, you know, um, well, the original, how the Cannabis Wedding Expo came to be was honestly because a dear friend of ours, Beck Coop, um, who was the co-founder of the Cannabis Wedding Expo with me and um, is still a dear friend. And, and she's really focusing on Irie weddings and events right now. Um, she had a floral company that incorporated cannabis called Buds and Blossoms. And she was getting denied being at traditional wedding expos in 2014, 2015. And so we were as young entrepreneurs having a conversation about it. And I was trying to cheer up. I was like, Beck, you know, this is going to be a long battle, um, you know, of acceptance. You just have to let them tell, you no. do it with a smile on your face. So whenever they're ready to say yes, you're right there and you're ready to go. And so, because I had been through a lot of not being accepted for so long in so many different cases and, and still to some degrees today. And 
as the conversation continued, she started telling me about this one bridal expo that might be the biggest in the state of Colorado. And they tried to charge her double the price for a booth because she had cannabis. And with, in half a second, I said, fuck them. Let's start our own. <laughs> because don't come in here and take advantage of us. It's yeah. one thing if you're afraid to get in bed with cannabis. It's another thing if you come in and try to take advantage of this plant. And so, um, so we did it. And I was like, Beck, if we're going to do this, we just have to do it. And so we did it. And it was a very special event um, that we did in January of 2016. And we got coverage from Vice News and Fox News. And um, everyone loved it. And um, it was good for our vendors and the participants. So we're like, all right, we have something here. Like, this is important. Let's expand it. And what I realized during that time that I didn't quite realize whenever we first started, because I kind of started it out of, out of out of anger in a sense, you know, in a very beautiful, I'll, I'll say in a warrior, not anger, in a warrior yeah. um, type of way. And um, what I've realized now is that what we do is very important. A, because we show consumers that you can have cannabis at an event. You can um, present and beautify it in such a way that will add to the experience and not take away from it. Um, but it's also important to have the options for people to choose what, you know, quote unquote libation that they want to enhance the experience. And, um, and if cannabis can be accepted at a wedding, it should be accepted anywhere. And so that was really important. And then from the business side of things, you know, there's so many brilliant business ideas that are coming into this industry and what they've never, you know, they, they've never really been done before, right? Like there hasn't been a CBD cocktail company or something, right? But it's a great idea, you know, to not have to have non-alcoholic drinks and put mm -hmm. CBD in it, maybe put THC in it and um, to have the, um, you know, the ritual of, cheersing someone or something, mm -hmm. having that experience, which we're so used to, that's very commonplace in our society. Yeah. And so, you know, someone who's creating that business is, you know, a mom and pop who might only have like $5,000 to invest into the business until they start generating revenue. And how do you market that service? You know, where do you market that at? You can't get into an expo, a trade show for under $2,000. Mm -hmm. And here ours is for 500 bucks you know, that someone can sign up for. And so now it's like, okay, great. I can take $500 and invest into this marketing platform and let's see if this works, you know? And if it doesn't, it's not the end of the day, you know, but if it does, it can really hit, you know? I mean, there's some people who have really skyrocketed their career because of notoriety that they got at the Cannabis Wedding Expo um, from yeah. the participants, but also you know, we are blessed to get a lot of press, you know, and so that they've all of a sudden this mom and pop company sees their name in Forbes and it's just <laughs> it's a game changer for them. Yeah, yeah, I can see. It. I, th I think it's necessary really to just to, to kind of bring everything into the fold. Like you said, like nobody, you know, the cannabis tax that we, you know, like to talk about a lot of times of like these service companies doubling the rate for everybody and charging the cannabis tax like that's just bullshit. And so I think yeah. what you're doing really is just making it easy for everybody and then on top of that, I think we probably talked about this on the other episode that we never got to air, but just, you know, 
the, 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 the thought of like the union of a marriage is really important. And like, if like Lucy and I, for instance, like cannabis is a big part of our life. That's how we met. We met at a flipping Cincy event in Pueblo and, you know, have a <laughs> cannabis podcast and like cannabis is like inherently like a part of our relationship. It like really is. Yeah. And so to then go to like get married, which is like your biggest day of your life. And then not to be able to have cannabis there would feel like a, a sin, like a crime almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, so many people come home at night and smoke a bowl or a joint with their loved one, you know, and then use that time to, you know, connect in other ways, you know, while they're participating in that, you know, and it's a part of our lifestyles in so many different ways. And so why should we not be able to have it at, you know, whenever we, you know, get married and, and tie the knot, you know, like, why wouldn't we be able to celebrate with this plant that does you know, that we spend a portion of our day with all, you know, um, multiple, you know, multiple times a week, ultimately, you know? And so, yeah, it's really beautiful to, you know, and if you get down into, you know, kind of the esoteric of sharing smoke in peace pipes, I mean, it is the bonding of spirits. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's the bonding of spirit and that's the importance of it. And so, you know, you can, if, if you choose to, you can incorporate, you know, that bonding of spirit in your wedding day by, you know, having it there, you know, and, and not even uniting your spirits, but also uniting the spirits of the loved ones and the family members Mm -hmm. that are in attendance as well. Um, you know, and bringing them closer together, you know, cannabis is a bonding, um, experience, you know, whenever you consume this together. Absolutely. I would agree. Yeah. All my best friends, we all smoke weed together. <laughs> it's like, that's not, that, I think that's why we're all best friends. And then if we're not best friends, I don't know, we apparently don't smoke weed together. I don't know. Weed? Not smoking weed together. Yeah, right? Yeah, you're best friends because, yeah, you know, you're going to go out on your hike in the mountains, you know, and it's like, oh, these are guys I can smoke a joint with on the hike, you know, yeah. great. You know, yeah, or exactly. something like that because that's what you like to enjoy to do instead of like, Oh, I kind of feel weird when I smoke my joint in front of this group of friends because they yeah. don't smoke. Am I the outsider or are they? I don't know. That's it. <laughs> well, and then it's also like on the flip side, like the family, right? So my concern is like, oh, we got these family members and they are not going to be down with this at all. But the way that the expo presents these opportunities and ways in which you can consume, it's so classy and sophisticated. Like, you wouldn't even know. Like I've been kind of thinking about it a little bit. I'm like, well, I could have it outside, like over in the corner, you know, or like you could do like where you get on the bus and like then they won't even smell the smoke. And there's so many different ways now that you can consume in a sophisticated manner that it's not like, oh, my God, like this is just like smells and these right. people suck. And, you know, like, yeah. that's what the expo offers is unique ways for you to figure that out on how to actually incorporate it into your big day. Well, then it goes into what Philip was starting with earlier of like changing the experience around cannabis. And it's also another touch point, another opportunity for us to teach our family, to show them that like there is a classier way to do this, you know, look at all these different, you know, ways to to incorporate it, whether, you know, Lucy's wearing like a a necklace with a cannabis uh, weed, weed leaf or something on it. That's all gold or something or, uh, and there's just different ways to do it or like a beautiful dress or like a bud bouquet. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could mm-hmm. already see like my grandma, even if she was anti-cannabis, seeing the bud bouquet and being like, that is pretty cool. <laughs> that is yeah, pretty neat, yeah. you know? She would. So the mayor of Las Vegas was doing a speech at an opening and we put a cannabis bouquet <laughs> next to the podium 
And in the middle of her speech, she's like, oh, my God. Is that is that <laughs> She's a very sweet lady, but she's, in, she's, she's a little bit older. And she picks it up, and she's just looking at this <laughs> cannabis bouquet in awe, yeah. in absolute awe. And she just loved it. She absolutely loved it. And I don't think she's a cannabis consumer. I heard her husband is. But, yeah, they, they like it. And, you know, if, if you're afraid of what your parents are, if your parents are really upset, if you are having a bud bar, definitely bring him to the cannabis wedding expo because I mean, I, I don't want to guarantee anything in life because this is life and anything can happen <laughs> as we've known over the last 18 months. But I can um, ensure you, we are going to do the best to show up for um, your grandparents and the parents who attend, you know, it's really for me with all the events that I do, the most important thing is to make, the most uncomfortable person feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's literally my most number one rule when I'm putting on events with cannabis, because we are the shepherds of this plant. And if someone is uncomfortable and then they go and they feel more uncomfortable when they're at the event, then what we're not doing our job as shepherds of the plants, because this person is going to be further away from acceptance than closer to it. I've got somebody on the list for you, so we'll see what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. And, um, you know, um, and I think coming out of COVID, I think people are more inept to be their authentic selves. And so I really think that there's going to be a tremendous amount of cannabis at weddings, more so in the past, just because people are going to be less afraid to have the conversations with their parents because all of a sudden having the cannabis talk is doesn't feel like a big deal with what we've experienced recently. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. And with cannabis being deemed essential and, you know, cannabis sales, yeah. even in Colorado alone skyrocketed last year, even without tourism, it just showed that a lot more people turned to cannabis to at least try it. And, and then, like you said, yeah. I mean, there is some far worse conversations to be having with your family these days than, than cannabis. <laughs> I think that's almost uh, like a, probably a relief would be like, let's talk cannabis. Weed, it's just weed. <laughs> Yeah, because all of a sudden, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans yeah. are united because, you know, there's the <laughs> uncle, you know, there's the Republican uncle and the Democrat sister or something like that who can all of a sudden agree on something. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Bringing people together. Yeah, they're like, which CBD tincture are you using? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, love totally, it. Totally. Well, let's, uh, the last little bit here is, you know, you know, resilience is like a big thing that comes up more and more every single day, just resilience in general. And uh, yeah. especially with the pandemic and, you know, business is no easy thing on its own. And then when you add a pandemic into the mix, it could really shuffle a lot of things and, and really kind of turn a lot of people's worlds upside down. And so I'm just happy, first of all, to see that you push through and we're sitting here talking to you and the expos are back on. You know, you got them in multiple cities. You even got plans next year for even more cities. And that's yeah. resilience, my man. So tell us, you know, <laughs> spill the beans, you know, what is that, what is that process like? Like, how did you push through? How did you incorporate and become more resilient? And, you know, mm -hmm. what would mm -hmm. you have some advice for some other business owners who may be in a similar situation? Um, yeah. So, you know, a, I was instructed by, a, you know, a teacher of mine, right when lockdown was happening uh, and I was actually in Santa Cruz when San Francisco locked down and that was the first city to lock down and Santa Cruz locked down the next day. This was probably a week or 10 days before Colorado locked down. And, um, 
I was like, whoa, you know, like we're, we're in there and I'm like talk with, you know, um, you know, maybe some black market cannabis dealers and stuff like that. And they're like saying they're like, oh my God, national guard's going to be on the corner. If you don't get out of the Santa Cruz tonight, like you're screwed. Like there's going to be tanks rolling around. Like, so it was like, it sounds like, oh my God, like I need to get back to Colorado. Like, I'm, you know, and, um, and I spoke with one of my teachers that day and he was basically like, don't live in fear and make a gift out of this experience. Whatever's about to happen, make a gift out of it. And so I really used that as my mantra going through this. How could I make a gift out of it? And so instead of focusing my attention on what we weren't doing anymore, it was like, what can we do? You know, and within that, I wanted to respond and not react. Immediately, everyone was like, virtual events, let's do virtual events, this and that. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's not who we are, you know, like that's not the work I'm going to enjoy doing. You know, we put some stuff out to our vendors because we were worried about them, you know, and, and what they wanted to do, there didn't seem much of an appetite for them. And so I I cut off the idea of doing virtual events pretty early on, you know, I was like, no, this, we're not going to figure this out. And I don't think the virtual events necessarily hit, you know, the conferences and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like every time I did one, I've, I was listening to a session. The next thing I know, I'm like Googling something and I'm yeah. off on like a 10 minute tangent. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> crap, I got to go back and listen to this talk. Yeah. You know, I feel like you can almost just watch YouTube videos, you know, if you yeah. really want to get specific about what they're talking about. So it didn't work for me. But um, I think a lot of people reacted and invested a lot of money into that. And um, some of them, I'm sure it did well. And, and I've also heard stories that didn't do well. So, you know, so whenever you respond to something you really think about how you are going to act towards whatever was acted towards you in a clearer manner than reacting where you're just going to do, you know, the instantaneous thought that comes to you first, you know? And, and so responding was really important for, for me to focus on. And as I responded, I was like, all right, what can I do internally to revamp the company? you know, and whenever it's our time again, that we can come and be better. And part of that was understanding that I felt like the, I'm a very amazing advocate, right? I'm as, as you can probably tell through this podcast for the listeners who don't know me, um, you know, I've just been such an advocate for this plant and such kind of a warrior for this plant where I want to you know, tell the bud bar companies like you can do this. You know, I did this with cultivating spirits and you can do it. And here's how you can do it. And here's the legalities and let's have the tough conversations with regulators. And like, you know, this is put, you know, this is it. But now I'm seeing in markets, especially Colorado, California, even Las Vegas, you know, cannabis is accepted. You know, we have a seat at the table now. Mm -hmm. And so what was, where was cannabis events and cannabis hospitality heady? Mm-hmm. And as I thought of that, I was like, how do we take it to the next level? You know, I feel like I need to take the cannabis wedding expo to a next level. And so what I realized whenever I was asking myself those questions is that I wanted to bring in a new CEO of the company who I feel like, um, represents, um, the, luxury side, the finer side, the feminine side, the beautification of cannabis and more of a way that we can not come from so much of the advocacy, but like, 
here's your business. You've been operating for a year or two. Well, let's, how do we take that to the next level? What's the narrative to take it to the next level? What's that voice to take it to the next level? What's that imagery to take it to the next level? And so I decided that I needed to bring on um, a woman CEO into the company to be able to do that. And this was co-founded with Beck Coop, who's a woman, and then Madeline Kelly, um, you know, but they had to focus their attention on other things. So in 2019, it was just, um, and the beginning of 2020 was, was me running it. And um, we had a very successful year. And, but I was like, we need to, we need to take it to the next level. And so I brought in Vanessa Oliver as the new CEO and she's just doing an unbelievable job of taking the company to greater levels, not only from, um, you know, an aesthetic aspect, um, but you know, her visions on where we're going to be at, but then also creating the proper structures within the companies has been such a tremendous added value to cannabis wedding expo, but also the vendors, um, who are participating in the showcase. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so the, yeah, so that was really nice. And, and we brought her on, um, we started conversations in June. She accepted our offer in September and we had, you know, eight months to really dive, do a deep dive into the company to bring her up to speed on things. And so that was very beneficial. And now um, they're expecting more weddings in 2022 than like the history of <laughs> the world. Yeah. Um, so, and with people more not with cannabis being deemed essential and cannabis being, um, you know, people not afraid to have that conversation with their parents and also really people wanting to, consume something that they want, you know, people like, you know, they're going to fulfill their needs more so than ever now and not kind of fake it or go with what's popular now more so ever. And also the younger generations, you know, coming into play, um, we're set to have our biggest years, you know, that we've ever had. And so I'm really grateful that we didn't react. We didn't invest a lot of, um, resources into some of these, other platforms that may have just held us afloat, mm -hmm. but really try to cut all of our costs and then do um, use the time to test ideas and to do deep dives into the company and stuff like that. And now that things are shaking out, you know, our projections are greater than they've ever been for the next two years. And, uh, you know, um, and so just allowing to, the world to kind of work itself out a little bit was really a blessing for us. That's great. You absolutely turned that whole thing into a gift, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And the Westward did an article right whenever we canceled it. So I would be interested in it because the Westward did an article on cannabis events or events in general being canceled. So it'd be interesting to go back and see my quotes in that article for yeah. right when it happened. Yeah, true. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think that's cool. I mean, anytime you can make your business better in a time of like, you know, things are looking bad. I, I think that's like such a win for anybody in any company. And you guys really, you didn't sit back and, and kind of sit on your lulls and be fearful. You just took the bull by the horn and, and saw as an opportunity to get better. And I think that's really commendable of you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's, um, Man, you know, we just got to stand up in our lives and face what scares us, you know, and if we face what scares us, I guarantee there's greener pastures on the other side. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, you're amazing, Phil, and I'm sure everybody is just dying to know how do they get tickets to the <laughs> event? 
um, yeah, and tickets on um, Event High and Event Bright. You can go to links on CannabisWeddingExpo.com. You can go to um, IG, which is Cannabis underscore Wedding underscore Expo. And there's links in those um, that you can um, get shows. Um, if we don't sell out in advance, you can buy tickets at the door as well. Um, so there's that. If, if you guys want to do a little giveaway for two pairs of tickets, you're more than welcome to oh, we can donate some to the show. So just take advantage of that. And, um, we also have a model search coming up right now for the cannabis wedding expo. So, um, anyone who wants to be a model at the Vegas show or Denver show, um, or Boston, um, you'll have, um, that opportunity to even participate. Um, and if you're a company and you're thinking about you wanting to be involved with the cannabis wedding expo, even if you're not, don't necessarily have a cannabis product, but want to, um, you know, support cannabis and reach out to our demographic, you know, just shoot us an email. Hello at cannabis and see how you can get involved, you know, and just have the conversation to see if it's right for you. Yes, I highly recommend it. Consumers, models, vendors, everybody, like, <laughs> join us. It's so fun. I can't wait. Yes. I'm seriously just so excited. Thank you yes. so much, Phil. You were amazing as always. We appreciate you sharing with everybody. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody's as excited as we are. Uh, yes. But we do have one final question, Phil. Uh, we are the Lit and Lucid <laughs> podcast. So, are yes. you lit or are you lucid? Oh <laughs> uh, man, let's say, um, you know, when I'm not working, I'm lit. And whenever I'm working, I'm lucid because I'm just operating in unique ways. I love it. There yes, we go. indeed you are. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, I love it. I just love it. Oh man, I love that question. So, uh, well, Jared and Lucy, you two are always a delight to chat with and always a delight to run into each other at these events. And um, I hope I see you before... Um, before the Cannabis Wedding Expo in October. Um, I know Jared has, you know, loves to go do these cold plunges. So I'd love to participate. In that. 20 minutes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, Phil. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to give some big hugs whenever I do see you. Yay. Oh, I love it. All right. Thank you so much, right. Phil. It was so amazing. good to see you. Yeah. Bye. Ciao. All yeah. right, you guys, with that, bye. I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Have you ever felt like you needed a midday boost, something to keep the brain juices flowing, but not to the point of your head spinning? That was us just a few years ago, trying to balance the demands of life while still trying to be present for the things that bring the passion out of us, like our podcast. Jared and I normally record our podcasts after work and really started to dread them because we'd be burnt out by the time the recording came around. And I'll admit that sometimes we'd even skip the gym just to conserve our energy. Who wants to skip the gym? I don't, I don't like missing the gym, so we had to figure something out. Early last year, we started exploring the world of mushrooms and found a handful of ancient mushrooms really seemed to give us an edge. We spent the remainder of the year optimizing a blend of mushrooms, adaptogens, and CBD to give us the best of both worlds, to be more lit and lucid throughout the day, a little more energy, a little more cognition, and a healthy dose of stress relief. I sure know I can use more energy and focus to get through my day. Our Balance Blend capsules are handcrafted with love right here in Colorado, made with all natural ingredients, vegan and lab certified. And each serving contains 33 milligrams of Colorado grown CBD. And we only use extracted mushrooms from 100% fruiting bodies in our blends. So you know it's the best. 
Ready to give them a try? Visit www.litlucid.com and use code LIT20 for 20% off your first order. 